Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge, and today I get to bring you Mr. Adrian Smood. Adrian got his start in real estate back in 2002 when he was evicted, which led him to become a landlord. After 11 years of being a hobby landlord, he discovered his passion for real estate investing by attending a real estate investor meeting. He tapped into the untapped gold mine of mobile homes and has been following that path ever since. He is a member of three mastermind groups, including a high-level mastermind, which he hosts himself. He is the author of the best-selling book, How to Buy Mobile Homes, and he travels the country teaching and sharing his secrets for success. Adrian, my man, welcome. How the hell are you, brother? I am fantastic today. How are you, David? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Adrian, I just bought a $33,000 solar panel system for $1,000 this morning. Sweet. That's a deal. The only downside, the shitty part is, is I had to pay... $3,000 to my electrician and to my tree, my tree removal company to remove the panels and the, and the inverters and the equipment out of the home. So I guess at this point I'm into it for 4,000 and it's going to probably cost install me, them. Yeah. And it's going to probably cost me two or three grand to install them. So let's call it six, seven, let's call it seven, but it was 33,000 brand new. It's about nine years old. Panels are typically good for 30 years. So I still got two thirds, yeah. two thirds life on them. Um, so I'm still looking at a pretty good deal in my eyes, you know, but uh, yeah. So that's my morning. What you been up to today, bro? I, I love it. Did that come with the property you bought? <laughs> Is that you how know, you found it? I wish it did. I wish. No, it was a friend of mine who's a um, investor and a wholesaler and an agent, all the above. And he had a, he had sold this particular person a home about three years ago. He's just a friend. So I don't even know the owner. Actually, I met him this morning for the first time, but he wasn't in my database. My friend was his agent. He had hail damage on his roof and he bought the home with the panel system on the house already. The insurance company told him that they would replace his roof, but they weren't going to touch the panels and it was on Ooh. him to remove them. So he got a quote. And it was about what I'm going to have to pay. It was like six or seven grand to take them off and then put them back on. And uh, he is like, you know what? I didn't even want this system when I bought the house. And in order for me to get a new roof for my insurance, I don't want to have to pay this money. So he actually gave the system to me and I paid my buddy the thousand dollars. I didn't even I didn't even pay the seller or the homeowner, the owner, a dollar. So I love it. kind of kind of a crazy story, but um Adrian, this ain't about me, bro. This is about you, man. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? What you been up to? How's your morning going? 
It's fantastic. I'm up in Maine, uh, finishing out 13 weeks of hanging out here. And Beautiful I went to try to do, yeah, it, well, I went to go try to do a cold plunge in the ocean. <laughs> and I've done a few of them uh, what, since I've been up here. And it was so stormy out. The rain, we were like, okay, but the waves were coming in pretty unsafe, at least feeling to us. Oof. So we just put our ankles in there and hung out for a little bit, had to bring our own sunshine because the clouds were covering. Uh, that's how I started my morning at 6 a.m. Dude, and that I sounds like a pretty, to... pretty good morning. Did you get in? I don't, we only went ankle because it was, I mean, the waves were just crashing, okay. un, felt unsafe to me. Yep. Uh, and I've gotten in a few times, you know, I've been doing it back in Florida. Well, that's where I'm, I'm from, central Florida. But there, like, you get out of the cold plunge and it's actually warmer outside yeah here it's colder outside that wind is the brutal part yeah that was the mental hardness for me but uh, it, it's good it's a good tough thing you know if you follow david goggins you do hard stuff dude i got and... a cold plunge in my basement i paid like five six grand for one maybe two years ago and i use it once or twice a week i need to use it more um, yeah but i'll tell you man i got mine set to like 49 so it's not like super cold but it's okay pretty, pretty cold um and it's easier to do the cold plunge than it is to take a cold shower. And it's because the one, 100%. It's because the air, right? And just like yeah. you said, when you get out, you're better off in there than you are out of it afterwards because the air's hitting you and it's, oh, it's awful. Completely. So. And I was talking to my buddy about it that I used to go to actually his is when I went to in Florida. He just had it in his back porch and had this set up. It sounds like similar to yours. But like in there, you can sit there and you get calm and you're in a meditated state and something really tough to do. And that has gotten me through some scary stuff in life where I I can be calm in a stressful, tense, scary spot. The ocean, you don't get to meditate through. I mean, it's just crashing. You're just trying to stay above and oh yeah, in a different way. You're worried about creatures and oh yeah. bro. I've never done a cold ocean plunge before. It, it was a good challenge, but I, I enjoy your style that you have in your basement better. It, it Yeah, it's actually really nice. Adrian, I got to ask you, man, the background. So for all, all the folks listening here, and, and you know, this is also on YouTube, folks. So if you want to go check it out on YouTube, you can see the videos of uh, Mr. Aaron and, or Adrian and myself here. But in the background, you got this, what looks like a beat up mobile home. <laughs> like, what's the story behind that, bro? What's going on? Huh. I like to joke around that like, this is my piggy bank right here. Okay. So, okay. This is a 1960s single wide that came with most of its sighting. Most. I was just going to say, it's missing a bunch of it, but. Yeah. And, and we actually own <laughs> most this. Most of it. Oh, I love you it. You know, let's go ahead and bust a myth right now about mobile homes. I'm still making payments on this. Okay. And a lot of people think there's no way you can get financing for old mobile homes. Well, yeah. If you go to Bank of America, you're not going to. But we're still making payments on it. You know, it's private money. Seller financing is really big in the mobile home space and makes us a lot of money. And but you don't have to be scared that you can't get financing. That's a huge myth that people for some so reason. You're saying, you're saying as so you're saying as the investor, like the non-owner occupant, there's companies out yeah. there that you can utilize to get financing to buy them. And I'd assume that they know, as you, like I said, you not being the occupant, you know, the investor, the non-occupant. That they know that and they're still willing to finance? I wouldn't say so much companies. There are a few scattered around. And honestly, most of them I've talked to, they want a very experienced mobile home investor. Yep. But the seller financing, making the payments to the seller, 
especially on something ah. like this, an old 1960s and 70s, that seller a lot of times understands seller financing more than a lot of investors because they actually bought on seller financing. Yeah, because they probably there, bought on that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There is no bank financing in this world, which is good because so many investors haven't learned Unless you're buying world. brand new, but even that's probably yeah. not necessarily bank. It's probably manufacturer, which which is a bank. Yeah. No, you you can now you can get bank financing the the newer ones. Even in the '90s, you want to go to a community bank, uh, credit union. Someone local is going to work with you a lot better. And so we use a lot of private money and a lot of seller financing, and that's how I'm still making payments on this one. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. I love it. So I read your bio coming in. You started back in 2002. You got started about, oh, two years ahead of me, maybe three. I started, uh, well, I guess I started in 2003. So you got me by a year. Awesome. You've been in the business for about 20 years, which is amazing. Dude, tell me the story, man. You you got evicted and that led you to becoming <laughs> a landlord? How does that make any sense? Yeah. So my friends and I, uh, at 19, 20 years old, you don't want to rent us. And here's why. <laughs> we had parties, believe it or not. Of course Young you did. Kids like to have parties, but our parties didn't involve alcohol. They involved spaghetti wrestling, pudding wrestling, mud wrestling. Oh, geez. And one of my friends even parked a motorcycle in the living room. So we caused some damage to properties, not through alcohol, but through parties. And we got tired of being evicted. So I said, well, I'll just and there wasn't any alcohol involved, bro. None. No, it's okay. crazy. We actually didn't start drinking until like mid 20s. Okay. Okay. And so I bought a house before I could legally drink. You know, I, you know, we drank here and there a little bit, sure. but not like you would think people were. Yeah, drinking. I mean, all the stuff uh, that you just mentioned sounds like that was fueled by alcohol, but it, <laughs> it was mostly just fueled by testosterone, eh? Yeah, <laughs> and they were awesome parties. And so, like I said, I'm a problem solver, like I think most of us are as real estate investors. And I bought a house. This is back when you just signed a piece of paper; they didn't check anything. You know, they gave everyone a free house, basically. Moved my friends in. That helped me get evicted. It wasn't all me. It wasn't all them. Then I split my mortgage up amongst my friends. So I was living for free. I did as that. a 20-year-old yep. and not with mom and dad. House hacking. I, I did that the first three homes I bought back in See? early 2000, just like you, man. We share a lot of a lot of this in common. Yeah. We're 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 before the trend of uh, bigger pockets. I'm making it all popular. <laughs> yep. Now house hacking's been around forever, but, but yeah, before the trend, I agreed. Yeah, yeah, man. That's amazing. So you became a landlord. Amazing. And then, you know, like, how did you pivot from uh, doing the house hacking into the mobile home space? You know, I so here, let me give another quick lesson. My second house, because if you live for free at 20, you're like, why don't I just do this again and make money? Well, the second one, I was losing a little bit every month. And then they said, don't worry. This is the banks. Don't worry. You'll refinance in a few years. Real estate goes straight up. And then real estate wasn't going straight Ooh, up. It was the recession. Yep, you were right there at 0708, baby. Yep. Can, and I had that uh, adjustable rate mortgage. And that adjustable rate mortgage made my payment go up. So I was losing a little bit more every month. I gave the house up as a short sale. And then I bought some more houses years later because I, I still saw the value in that first house that I bought it right and I was renting right. it right. But that's what kind of kept me cautious. So I've been wrong for like, probably eight years now about the market. I've been thinking we're at the top. So I've been massively incredibly wrong, but that's what caused me to search for something else, something different. I wanted a bigger return. And really what I wanted was cash flow. I wanted a bigger cash flow. And eventually I found the niche of the mobile homes. And since then I have pivoted my entire business to be mobile homes. 
And when I say mobile homes, I mean the single unit, the individual unit with the dirt, not the park and not the aluminum box without the dirt. So I own the dirt and the home. It's a real estate transaction. And it's one of the most hidden niches that people still aren't getting in. And that means I do less work to find deals. I love it. Okay, so hold on. Let me recap here. So just because I'm I'm just trying to make sure that the audience follows you. And I, I need to learn this stuff too, of course, here. So you're looking for land with the mobile home on it outside of a park, typically speaking. Correct. And you're buying the deed to the dirt. And then I would assume there's also a title to the home too, or no? You're exactly right. Okay. So it's both, yep. but not in a park. Have you bought any parks or do you have any interest in owning parks? Are you just looking for dirt with, with mobile homes on them? You know, I have moved my vision away from owning a park uh, for a few reasons. One, I have a niche that works really well. True. The parks have a lot more competition. Wall yep. Street's in them. They yep. have cheaper money than I have. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't get exposure to parks. I sure. make a lot of money in my niche, and I have some money in some syndication of parks. Okay. But that's a whole other business. And I, I'm a very niche. I do one or two things really, really, really well yeah. until I need a pivot. Yep. And right now, there's so much here. I, I just keep making money here. Dude, I love how you said that, um, that you kind of stumbled into this in a way to find more cash flow because of the fact that you thought we were at the top and that's maybe going on, you know, six, seven years or whatever. Right. Um, but that, that's such a cool, like, to me, that's so cool that you like, you didn't necessarily seek this from the beginning. You were just looking for something else. And because you kept thinking that it was going to turn around, you just kept going and now you're seven, eight years in or whatever it may be. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's amazing. Yeah. One of my coaches, he was really drilling down. He's like, what do you really want? And I was answering like most people. Well, I want some appreciation. I want some cash flow. I want all these things. He's like, no, what one thing do you really want right now? And the answer was the cash flow to replace my wife's income. So I focused on only cash flow. That doesn't mean I haven't gotten appreciation. I haven't gotten depreciation, you know, all the other benefits of real estate. But I said, I am focused on one piece of it. Right. And the other ones have just happened to come. Man, that's amazing. That is amazing. Okay, cool. Well, Adrian, I'm happy you're here, man. Teach us some stuff. We got through your intro and your bio. It's great to meet you. Um, how many mobile homes have you bought? You, it sounds like you really are all about lifestyle. I mean, again, on the screen, if you're watching the YouTube here, it's lifestyle-rei.com is, uh, is Adrian's site. And um, for those that are listening, again, lifestyle-rei.com to go learn more. Uh, yeah, man, like what, what's this all about? And, you know, just interested to learn more. Yeah, so let's talk about the lifestyle part of it because this goes to any type of business. I learned, partially the hard way, but to create a vision of what I want my life to be and then a vision of what I want the business to be. And for me, it is not working 80, 90 hours a week. It's doing the parts of the business I really love. I mentioned it earlier. I'm in Maine right now. I can run my business from here. I'm going to Colorado next. I can run my business from there. I spent some time building a geographically free business because I love the travel. I love to be able to jump on a plane. And I took seven flights round trip to go horseback riding in the middle of Mexico because my friend wanted to go bar hopping horseback riding for his 40th birthday. And believe it or not, the U S you can't find that because of insurance. So 
I would, I was able to do that. I didn't have to ask anyone off. I, you know, I didn't have this crazy business that required all my time. This is a, you always said this being is in Mexico there. that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. In the amazing. center of Mexico. Yeah. It was so, beautiful and awesome. So if you ever want to go horseback riding and bar hopping, I got the place for you. All right. I'll, I'm going to keep that in mind. That sounds awesome. But, I mean, that's a lot of like, what do you truly want? And that's, so I put my lifestyle first. So my business serves my life, not the other way around. Now about mobile homes, I already alluded to, there's less competition in the niche of mobile homes I'm in. I think it will be helpful to break down the three types of ways to invest in mobile homes. You can buy just the home. You own an aluminum box. You don't own the dirt underneath it. Yep. This is typically in the park. You pay lot rent or space rent, land rent. Those are some common terms for it. But you only own an aluminum castle. Cheapest way to get in the real estate, really high return on your investment. The recession resistant, but you lose control. I've done some of these deals. They've been profitable, but I like control. And what do you mean you lose control? The park manager makes all the rules. Got it. The person okay. owns so the, not the only dirt, in the dirt, I, you're basically... You're having to pay rent regardless if you're collecting it or not. You're paying it. Yeah, you're paying the rent. And if they say, nope, that person can't move in, well, that person can't move in. Got it. Or, so they're really in control. And let's go with what happened to me. On April 5th, they said, by the end of the month, no one can own a property in here that they don't live in. So well, I own two. Dude, I, I've done one mobile home flip. Um, I've done a ton of mobile home wholesales, but I've done one mobile home flip. And I didn't do my due diligence and I didn't know that you couldn't have an owner occupant. So I mm. bought a, a, a home in a park, spent six or eight grand fixing it up. And then I went to go lease it. And the park told me that they said, nope, you can't do that. So I ended up selling it on seller financing. There you go. And that's a really popular strategy within that niche. It actually, the in the park pairs really well with notes. So if you're a note investor, I mean, those pair really well. Nice. But what if that was my whole business in that park? I mean, I, I I made some mistakes not keeping good enough rapport, but that's one of the examples that they make the rules. Even yeah. if they want to break rules, and I've talked to parks behind closed doors and they tell me they break fair housing. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this place anymore. Right. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about the park. That's another way to invest in mobile homes. Two main ways to run parks. You can own all the homes, all the dirt, absolutely everything. You own a flat apartment complex. Or... You can own just the dirt where those people pay the lot rent every single month. You own a big parking lot. Right. I like that style better. Yeah. Or you can own a combination of the two. I already mentioned those aren't in my vision anymore because it's a business that you have to keep up with uh, more government regulation. Uh, the Wall Street, it's a lot more um, yeah. competitive there. But for whatever reason, this middle one has been forgotten. The single unit with the dirt. And once I found that and there's not a lot of competition about it, I was like, all right, less competition means I have to do less work to find the property, means I still make a lot of money with less work. I like that. And there's a lot of people that need to be helped in this space. They're all over the, the country. I think uh, Hawaii is the only state that doesn't really have them because shipping them there is so much. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And there are the affordable housing. Hey, let's. Touch on that real quick. When we're in recession, if we're in recession, or if we ever find out what a recession is again by the government, affordable housing space, I think, is going to become more of demand. Most of the country, it's already in really high demand. I read on the internet somewhere that 
people have about $200 extra a month and two household income has about 200 extra. So if one of them loses their job, which happens in recession, they keep moving down until the affordable housing space, which most mobile homes are in, which means we have even more demand. Yeah, maybe we charge more for rent because supply and demand, but I look at it more, have a larger applicant pool to be able to pick the very best applicant to take care of my property and pay my rent or pay my bills on time. They pay their rent. I pay my bills on time. And I don't repeat that cycle of that short sale, not being able to pay my bills ever again. That is one of the big reasons I'm heavier in the affordable housing space right now. That makes perfect sense, man. Where do you typically find the good tenants at? Well, that's a whole uh, day of conversation. We have the same screening process and the same process if it's a mobile home or any other type of property. Uh, sure. We do have some master leases for full transparency on some single family concrete homes. So yeah. we do the same problem. We basically are doing a lot of work to make the applicant prove to us that they want it. We're not out there begging for someone to move in our sure. property. Mm-hmm. So they have to, all marketing directs them to the property. So they can only get a hold of us if they've been to the property. I love that. that. I have a friend who does that. And he just yeah. says, go to the property, our number's on the back window. Yeah. All the yeah. Zillow clickers that are wasting your time, that just, yeah. I'm interested, I'm interested. It gets rid of all of those. So yeah. if they're not Go serious to the property, enough, take a look on the back window. Yeah. There's a phone number, something like that. If you're, exactly. interested, if you're still interested after you went and seen it, call us at this number or send us an app or send us an email or whatever. But yeah, go to the property first. I love that. That's a great strategy, folks. That gets rid of all the people for one that need to move tomorrow. And if they need to move tomorrow in, they're probably going to move tomorrow out. Yeah. Love, like, love that. True. We that. don't want quick turnover you lose money if you turn it over every year and plus you have to work yeah. when you have turnover i don't want to work i want long-term people yep. so everything in the process is setting them up to want to stay a really long time and setting them up for success because those two make them very happy which is part of my mission anyways but what comes back to me is they stay a long time and they pay their rent on time and then i'm really happy yeah, love that. How about um, the quality, for example? So I guess what I'm asking here is uh, if you buy one- Say it, the- trailer trash, trailer trash. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not even thinking. saying that. I'm not even talking about the people so much as I am talking okay. about the, the the condition of the home. Um, so for example, if, if I were to, or if you were to buy the one that you're standing in front of, which as we mentioned earlier, you know, it's got, missing a bunch of siding. It's a 70s model. So, I mean, the thing is, you know, 50, 60 years old. Um, and it's, you know, got a bunch of mold and mildew on the side and it looks like that thing could easily use 15 to 20 grand worth of work, give or take, maybe, maybe less. I don't know. But like, are you buying these and then selling them as is, or are you going in and doing the rehab first? Is there a mix? How's that work? You are really closing your numbers. I believe we put like 13 ish into this one and we didn't make it pretty. We made it livable. So if we yep. made it pretty, we, your numbers were spot on. That is a lot of our model when it's these older ones that uh, the quality isn't as high. Uh, now, we've got very fortunate on this one. is one of the reasons we bought it. The roof was still good. If the roof was leaking, it just would have melted and fallen apart. Oh, we like to do more of a handyman special type of property, which means we usually attract a handyman, handy woman to move in the property that want to take care of the property and make it theirs. That's part yep. of our uh, management style. Wait, so, so you but, typically though, do get it livable. Like if yes. an occupancy inspection or permits required, you'll, you'll get that or no. 
if I'm going to put a person that's going to live in it, a homeowner in it, yes. Now, sometimes I will owner finance it to another investor. So I just did that recently. I bought a terrible property and I was like, ah, why did I buy this thing? It was a good story. But I ended up just owner financing it to another investor. I've sold him multiple properties and I could have just done it for cash, but I like payments. I don't like cash. I like payments come in. I like the interest on the payments. And we'll do a little bit with owner-occupant, but we got to follow Dodd-Frank with all that, the safe hack. But really, it's you can fix up a mobile home really cheap, and there's a lot of the stereotypes of how terrible the quality is. But if you maintain it, just like any house, it will last. Yep. I mean, some of the nicest properties I've been in are from the 60s because wow. they took care of it. Now, they replaced almost everything in it. Right. You know, we can just upgrade the cheap panel walls and put some two by fours in there, put some drywall in there. And you don't even tell it's a mobile home at the right. end of the day. Right. We don't do those type of upgrades personally because I'm more in the affordable housing space. Mm -hmm. But we do have some properties that rent around $2,000 a month. Yeah, wow. we got to put a different level rehab into a $2,000 a month sure. versus a you know, thousand, eleven, twelve hundred dollar rent. It's a totally different ballpark there. What's your average rent? If you don't mind me asking, how many units do you have right now? We take care of about 30. You okay. know, we got a few master leases. Uh kind of my business model is I need about that many to love my lifestyle. So I buy a nicer one and I sell off one that I don't like as much, you know, yep. like the one behind me. Right. Uh, we're eventually going to sell this to the people that live in it because they like it. They've asked about buying. I'm like, yeah, well, we'll owner finance you because I'm buying a nicer one next week. Right. That's the dirt's worth a little bit more. So there's a little bit of land play here. People don't realize. Yeah. Totally. Is I call those my lotto tickets. You know, I'm going to get some cash flow on the mobile home, but that quarter acre is in the path of progress in my lifetime. And eventually a builder is going to say, I want that. And I'm like, sweet. I want your money. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take those big checks eventually, but I got a cash flow on the, on the way there. But what is the typical rent? It can go all over the place depending on the quality of the property, but the low end of the affordable housing is around a thousand bucks. I usually stay a little bit under market rent because I want, again, long-term people. Yeah. You don't and want them to happen for the night for the next place, you know? Yeah. And, and we, we set the expectations. Your rent will go up. You know, they already know they can do the math of what it's going to go up in future years. And we got stuff around $2,100 a month, Nice, you know, which would be market. And, to go ahead and talk about that, people are like, well, why would they live in a mobile home if they can go in the single family next door? The difference is the three-bedroom, two-bath in a neighborhood, that's going to rent for $2,100. Well, mine comes with an acre of land. And a lot of people don't realize people value an acre of land that's fenced and maybe the shed out back. We're talking about the blue-collar handyman, handy woman. They got their long crew stuff that they'll get in trouble if they park it in the HOA. They value that fenced acre of dirt. They bring their animals and their motorcycles and their cars, all their stuff they put in the workshop. They don't have a lot of options. And I just resonate with that person a little bit more. They move in, they take care of the place. It's their home and they want to stay a long time. And I'm happy too. I love it, man. So what would make for like a really great deal for you? Something on a couple acres that you can get for 40, 50 cents on the dollar, give or take, or like, just I'm snowballing here. What's a good deal? A good deal is I would love acreage. Uh, that's really what I'm after more these days because I built up the cash flow I need. So I'm not as focused on that. Yeah, I love an acre uh, to two acres. And I really look on my return on my investment. So 
I can buy it from you on payments, then I'll pay you a lot more. I've overpaid for properties because you allow me to make payments. I don't look at the price as much as my cash on cash return. Mm -hmm. So I like a cash on cash return of 20% and higher. If it's something like behind me, I want closer to a 30%. But if it's the acre and a half path of progress, you know, we're talking a quarter mile down the road, there's a new dollar general. Like I know it's coming my way. Uh, I'll look at uh, mid low teens as my return on my investment. But that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at return on my investment, headache value too. That's big for me, that lifestyle part. If this property is going to cause me a headache, either the property itself that is falling apart or the neighborhood it's in, it's going to attract a low quality resident that's going to live there and cause me problems and the news is going to be there and drugs and police are going to be there. That's a headache. I, I don't want that anymore. Uh, if I, you can convince me, you better have a really high return on my investment. No, that makes that makes sense, man. That makes really good sense. So I, I frustrate wholesalers all the time because you can't calculate what I my, what I will pay on a spreadsheet because I I take into account so many different pieces of it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Adrian, tell me about the the mastermind groups, bro. You got three of them. It looks like, and you're host of one of them. Yeah, man. I joined mastermind. I want to say seven eight years ago for a first one. Best thing I ever did. And I was scared to do it at first because I'm like, oh, I know everything. You know, I have a big ego. I'm a, I'm a guy. And I even sucked at it for the first few uh, meetings because I still had the plan and I didn't think I wasn't coachable, as actually they said. As soon as I learned, like, I don't know everything and these people are really smart. I mean, that's where my branding came from, the yellow T-shirt. And it, you just you go in there open to receive stuff. And then you are with people for a while and you become like family. So I can go in there now and come up with a new idea. Hey, I'm planning to do this. And they'll call me BS right in the way because they'll say, hey, I know what your vision says, but you say you want your life to be. And how does this fit in? Yep. yep. So they have been huge for that. And I also think of them as a board of advisors. Yeah. You know, hey, absolutely. I think one of the last ones I went to, I said, hey, this is what I'm planning to do. And no one really had it. Everyone's like, that sounds good. And Everyone's like, I don't, we don't feel like we're helping you. I'm like, you are because you're confirming what I think is actually right. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a lonely business. And so I'm in two of them. And then at one of them I was in, he's just like, you love these masterminds so much. Why don't you get paid to be in one instead of pay to be in one? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, I never thought of that. So another great <laughs> idea that came from a mastermind. Nice. And it, it stuck with me for a while. You know, I always let things sit for a bit. And then I asked one of my good friends, Dave Garcia, hey, you want to co-run this with me? And so, yeah, we, we decided to do it a little different than a lot of them. We keep it pretty small, intimate, uh, about 10 people. We take a turn. And a lot of facilitators don't. Yep. But we slightly started this as a selfish reason. We're like, we want to be in a room of people that we want their information. It's not just like we're trying to collect all these checks. Right. And we stay in an Airbnb or something somewhere, so we're... You know, you don't get away from each other for a few days. It's it's an all-in, really. Get How many friends. do you host a year? Two or three? We go in person twice a year, and then the Zoom once a month. Nice, and that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's been great. If, if I, obviously, I think mine are great. Uh, mine's elite level mastermind. But if you're listening to this and you're not in a mastermind, you need to find one that fits your personality. They're game changers some of the yeah. best things I've done in my business. I've been in several. Um, I host one as, as well. 
Um, and I think I'm part of, I should know this because I pay. I'm part of two. <laughs> uh, so I'm in three. I mean, assuming the, my yeah. own as well. So, dude, masterminds are massive. Yeah. For anybody that's out there that's struggling or wants to not be on that lonely island anymore, you know, wants that board of advisors, you know, wants some mentors, you know, a lot of times it's it's just like you had stated. Um, it's it's people telling you, hey, you need to refocus or quit doing that. Or, you know, sometimes like the guys in my mastermind will literally tell me that I'm too much of a yes person. And they're like, you need to start saying no more and focus more on you and stop being so nice and and friendly and quit giving away all this free shit that you give away, Dave, because it's, you know, the people that take the free stuff, that's great by all means, but you're also attracting people that like free stuff. You know, and told you know the there's pros thing. and cons to that, of course. But yeah. yeah, and the whole point here is is that just masterminds are a massive, massive yeah. amount of value. Um, I've never been in a mastermind where they didn't preach abundance, you know, yeah. and anytime that they seek or not seek, but anytime that somebody in the mastermind, especially the mastermind, you know, organizer, you know, comes across anybody with a uh, a scarcity mindset, they get called out. You got the hot seat occasionally, more likely in the in-person events, but you got the hot seat where you get up there and you, you know, talk about wins, but you also talk about losses and struggles and you get called out. And, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm not a big fan of getting called out in real time, but I'll tell you <laughs> the days and the weeks and the months after that, it's like, man, that was worth like 50 times what I paid. You know, yeah, so, exactly. Sorry to I, man, my give you the Dave. three minute rabbit hole on masterminds, but dude, I just, I love them. And I love that you are in them and host one. That's amazing. Yeah. They're, they're part of some of the best dollars I spend in my business. I'm, ed, I'm an education junkie and, but the masterminds I get the most value out of because like you, you can't run away when you're in that hot seat and you're turning a little red and you don't realize it. And they're calling you out and you get a little defensive and you're like, oh, crap. OK, what, what what's going on here? And one of my favorite quotes when that's happening is when was the last time the entire room was wrong and you were right? And then it's just like, mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> I love that because that's never happened, right? Yeah. The entire room says something and, and you're in a disagreement. It's not that, you know, you're bad yeah. or it's just or even that you're wrong. It's like you just need to reconsider your thought yeah. process. Yeah. So, dude, I love that. Well, tell us about your your mastermind. Tell us about, uh, you know, what you offer. And uh, you had mentioned before we had jumped live on this that you had uh, a giveaway for the audience today, too, man. I'd love to hear more about that, too. Yeah, man. So we talked about a few of the mobile home myths out there. That's one of, I'd say, the biggest pieces of me educating about mobile homes is getting people's mindset upgraded of these myths, you know, I, I kind of jokingly called you out on the trailer trash. So a lot of people think about trailer. There's a lot of myths out there about mobile homes. And I have a 14 myths debunked to go lifestyle dash R E I slash Dave. You can download that for free. And uh, that's going to give you those to upgrade your mindset. You know, I've got other education on there. Uh, I focus on mobile homes because that is my niche. Uh, but I have some other education. I love cool. talking about all 
Reggie, uh, one of the myths like you don't have to go through all 14 of course but like what myth is this like real estate investing myths is this no no home th sorry, investing th myths or? this is just the mobile homes so okay. that they're not financeable we talked about that a little bit that they're yep. not all trailer trash yeah there's not all lot rent you know that they're they're not repairable you know the old ones like i, I go through the, a lot of the common myths uh do you need a license no and there's two different types of licenses. A lot of people don't realize that. With so you have the real estate license, and then you have more like a dealer's license for cars, because some people think you have to have that in the mobile home space. And it depends with that. Right. One. I just kind of gather because I'm in the education space, so I get a lot of the same pushbacks over and over and over. I'm like, I'm gonna write this up and not repeat myself over and over and over and say, here it is. And so that, that's that, you know, I've got, like I said, my, my, my mastermind, elite level mastermind that uh, we have, uh, I don't even know if we have an open spot now, but we keep it intimate. It's, it's great. You know, we're always looking for, I say always, when there's an open seat, someone that is a good fit. You know, we don't look just to fill seats. We want to make sure it's a good vibe with everyone that's in there. And, and I'm on different social medias, you know, I'm the age of Facebook, so I'm more active there. What when you go to the lifestyle-rei.com slash Dave and get there, you you'll see my social media links there. And okay, is that there? Is that there? your preferred method of communication? If somebody's out there listening to this, and I doesn't have and the great part, it seems like about you, your business, your coaching, your mastermind, um, is is that it's all about lifestyle, hence the name. Yes. And it doesn't matter if somebody lives where I live in St. Louis, Missouri, or if they live in Maine where you're at currently, or if they live in Mexico even. I mean, it doesn't seem yeah. to matter, right? I mean, you it's nation globally, really, not not more more than nationwide. Like there's really no reason yeah. you shouldn't teach somebody and, down in Guatemala how to do this, right? Exactly. And uh, so I have a blog on there too. My blog, yes, it has a lot of mobile home because there's a need of that education. But I love creative financing, you know, the difference of solving problems. And then there's a lot of mindset in it. You know, so I have all three. So I'd be very shocked if someone couldn't get some type of value there. And I, I post a lot of uh, education stuff on my social media. This is a passion business of the education. I live off of my mobile homes with a dirt that rentals. Like that's what pays my life. Yeah. This is a passion business. I get to have fun. I get to wake up excited about jumping on here and talking about real estate investing and uh, solar panels. I didn't know we were going to talk about that today. And <laughs> horseback riding and like, like this is fun. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I love doing these podcasts, man. It's it. You know what the great thing about being a podcast host is, is it's um, it's kind of like a Trojan horse in a way. And, and I say that not as a negative one, like a computer virus one. Uh, but you know, I get, I get to podcast with people that, you know, often charge 500,000, 2000, $5,000 an hour. Yeah. And by having them on the podcast, I'm providing and creating value for them. But at the same time, they get to teach me and my audience about just awesome ways to invest and to create cash flow and increase net worth and tax advantages. And like you said, mindset and creative financing on top of it, like just all this stuff. So, and it's just fun to just get to new meet new people and, and network virtually. Love it, man. It's amazing. I couldn't agree more. The only reason I don't have a podcast is I don't want to do the work. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, I don't want to do the work or hire the people for it. Let me just jump on yours. Let you do the work. Yeah. Right. Get That's in. cool too. Love you it. know, we're now we're in each other's networks. You know, networking yeah. is so important in our business. And yeah, yeah, man, it's been fun. Dude, it's amazing. 
Adrian, thank you so much for coming on, sharing all this value. This has been an awesome episode. You seem like a really, really awesome guy. Very, very knowledgeable. Guys, if you want to learn more, um, he has 14 mobile home, mobile home myths debunked. There's like a like a downloadable ebook over there. It's lifestyle, L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E dash R-E-I dot com forward slash Dave. Go to the forward slash Dave if you want to get the mobile home, the 14 mobile home myths debunked. Um, connect with Adrian. Adrian, outside of that website, is there any other place that you want to mention? You know, maybe like a social media handle, uh, email. I mean, whatever, man. It's up to you completely. If you yeah. just want to send people to that URL, that's fine too. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't check it very often. I'm on Instagram. I check that some and I'm on uh, Facebook the most, but Lifestyle, REI, uh, on all of those, you know, I'm good with messages. My phone is on permanently do not disturb. So even if you find my phone number, I'm not going to answer. I'll be honest <laughs> That's with what you. the lifestyle is all about. Yeah, man. I know. That's... You know I'll, I'll call you back eventually, but um, I don't really answer my phone. I'm happier. Man, I love it. Adrian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was an honor to get to meet you. Thank you for your time. Guys, don't forget, check out lifestyle-rei dot com forward slash dave to get that 14 mobile home myths debunked ebook for free learn more about mobile home investing and check out the mastermind that adrian runs adrian thanks again for being here signing off guys thanks for listening to the discount property investor podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience to jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.